Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 3.26 through 4.6 called Words and Deeds. We need you to be a Christian wherever you are. If this city is going to experience revival, if you're a nurse or a doctor or you're a construction worker or you're a police officer or whatever you do, you're going to have opportunities to reach people that I can never reach. And it's going to be your witness in the world that truly makes the difference. 50% of Americans will procrastinate at work and do absolutely nothing One full day in every five. That's from the day America told the truth. (laughs) One day in five. Hmm. And so we have a witness. And when we are at work, we have an opportunity to make a difference. Skip down to verse 23. Oh, go, go back to 22 for a second. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Here's the idea. Don't just try to look like you're working when the boss comes by. You're playing your little game, right? And the boss comes by, and then you try to look like you're working. That is not a glorious witness. Amen. And all the dogs in the house said, woof. Anyway. So there you go. You know, sometimes bosses, they may know a little bit more than you think they know. So you walk by a desk and uh, somebody's trying to look busy. You know, during the NCAA tournament, for those of you who are basketball fans, they they have a screen that you can download for your computer that makes it look like you're working, but you're actually following the games. Can I get a witness? (laughs) I remember some years ago, I was doing grunt work for a printing company, and the boss of the company was pretty well-to-do. And so one day they said, oh, the things are a little slow in the printing plant, so we're going to load wood at the boss's house, right? It was playoff time for Major League Baseball. And so I'm doing grunt work and unloading wood out of the car at this guy's additional home up in the mountains. And I peeked into the living room and he had the ball game on. And I was like, that, that rascal, this is just wrong. I'm unloading wood while he's, and why is he unloading the wood? Why am I doing that? And my witness for Christ was glorious that day. <laughs> Whatever we do, we're supposed to work hard Not just when people are watching because the Lord is always watching. The Lord knows when you're playing a game, right? If we ultimately have a master in heaven, we want to do our work as unto him. And so that's where verse 23 says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. NIV says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. The Greek word there is suke, often translated soul, as working for the Lord, not for men. In verse 22, the word for heart is cardia. In verse 23, it's suke. And sometimes you have heard that 
an employee will be the heart and soul of a company. Or somebody might say, man, that person does their job with their heart and soul poured into it. That's what we're talking about here. When you do your work, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. If you're mowing the, Lord, the lawn, not the Lord, mowing the, the lawn, do it for the Lord, not grumbling. If you're washing a dish, do it as unto the Lord. I'm trying to get this point across in my own household to the younger up-and-comers. Do it as unto the Lord. I remember some years ago, I was at a men's breakfast at I think it started at 6 a.m. many years ago. Uh, an hour, I, I don't understand uh, Bible studies starting at 6 a.m. Some of you understand that, I don't. But anyway, I was washing dishes with a friend of mine and there was this old pan in a church that had been around for 100 years. The pan looked like it needed to become a burnt offering. I mean, it, was, it had been used. There was stuff caked on this thing. And my friend, who was a pretty successful guy, it was early in the morning, he kept washing this thing for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, let's move on. I got things to do, people to see, places to go. He goes, this thing is going to be as clean as it's ever been. He was just doing it as unto the Lord. And when you see someone live their life that way, man, it makes a difference. You say, well, why should I do that? You know, some jobs just are not my cup of tea. I, there's some things I just don't feel like doing. I'll join the club. <laughs> I wish life was just things that I felt like doing. But we don't live our lives on feelings as Christians, right? We're trying to do the right thing by the power of the Spirit. Here's one reason that you should be motivated. You should know, look at verse 24, that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. By the way, slaves had no hope of inheritance in the ancient world. They had nothing. But they're told here, servants are told here, that when you do the right thing, you're going to receive a reward from the Lord. All of us as Christians, we talk about, man, when I go to heaven, the one thing I want to hear is, can I hear it? Well done, good and faithful servant. And you know what we think of? We think of uh, how often I read my Bible, how many people I witnessed to, and, uh, you know, how I did with spiritual things like church service and that kind of thing. But do you know that the Bible's application of well done is much wider than that? In fact, it has to do with how you worked and your witness in the world and your integrity. The well done, good and faithful servant is going to be much broader because your whole life is really about ministry. Your whole life is really about being a witness. And the Lord is going to reward you. He's going to give the reward of the inheritance. Some people think that that is spiritual rewards in heaven. Some people think it's the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Notice repetition. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Uh, recently, we went to an uh, ice cream place called Frostbites. Anybody ever been to Frostbites before? It's a pretty unique name. Anyway, we were down in Orange County, and, and the two workers behind the counter they were just having such a great time with their job. They were smiling. They said, did you want to try this flavor? And they had a smile on their face. You want to try it? It was late at night, probably about 1030 at night. You know, sometimes you go into a business and it's around closing time and you don't get the best treatment from the employees. Anybody ever been there before? You walk into a place, they're cleaning and they all turn around all at once and give you this scowl like, what are you doing here? 
we don't want you here, but the business stuff on the window says we're open for 20 more minutes, so come on in. <sighs> what do you want? What would you like? Uh, uh, some delightful service? Uh, <laughs> a smile, maybe? And doesn't it make a difference when someone who is maybe serving you at a restaurant serves you with a smile? And, man, they were giving us all these different, you want to try this one? Pastor Michael was in his glory. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. You want to try the, the vanilla one with the strawberry? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to try the, the cookies and cream with the peanut butter? Yeah. And each time they gave me another one, they smiled about it. And it was great. So my wife looked up some <laughs> responses on, uh, what do they call that, Yelp? And uh, people were saying, hey, just go to this place just for the customer service alone. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? Here, a couple people were behind the counter serving samples of ice cream. And they did it with joy. And sometimes we, we have maybe a good job and we get paid well and we don't have a, such a great attitude. So the good news is to be lived out in all our areas of life. We're going to be rewarded for what we did right, but look at verse 25. For he who does wrong will receive, notice, the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality. You know, there's the opposite effect where if we're messing around and we're kind of blowing our witness at work, one day we're going to answer to our master. Now, we all know as Christians, we're not going to face the great white throne judgment, right? We're going to stand before Christ at the Bema, but it would appear that there's verses like this in the Bible where things that we didn't do so well might get a little bit of a grade, not for salvation purposes, but maybe for, hey, you could have done better here. So would to God that right now we take a look at some of those areas, right? Would to God that we sharpen up some areas so that we get that together. The Lord says, don't be deceived. God is not mock. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Look at verse 25 again. It says he will receive the consequences. Some scholars say the consequences there are the natural consequences like David experienced, although the Lord did deal with him there. But others say it fits better with verse 24, that just as there's going to be a reward for good we've done, so the wrong we've done will be dealt with. And notice it's going to be without partiality. You ever notice that we're really good at human beings at justifying our actions when we do them? Uh, I, can, I have a little wiggle room here. Me and the Lord, we're good, you know. We're fine. But you know what? The Lord is going to give an honest assessment of our life. Look at verse 25, end of the verse, without partiality. I don't know about you, I tend to be partial toward myself. I look good in most of my stories that I tell, right? When I caught a fish, it's always a lot bigger. But you know what? The Lord's going to take an honest assessment of our life. And there's a connection here to a delicate situation that was happening with Onesimus, who was a runaway slave. And um, the book of Philemon deals with his situation. And Paul had to tell him, you know what, you need to get right. You can't, you can't be doing this. You can't be handling your life in the wrong way. 
In fact, just take a peek at chapter 4. Look at verse 8. It says, For I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know about our circumstances, 4, 8, that he may encourage your hearts. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Look at verse 8. It says, For I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know about our circumstances, for 8, that he may encourage your hearts. And with him... He sent Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, that they will inform you about the whole situation here. Onesimus was a runaway servant. He he blew it. And he was in the company that was carrying this letter back to Colossae. And things had to be made right, even though he was a Christian and his uh, master was a Christian. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Now, masters are addressed, or you could say bosses or managers. Masters, chapter 4, verse 1, grant your slaves justice and fairness. The idea there is of equality, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. So let's say that you are a business owner. You own a company. You're in a position of authority. You always have to remember that you too have a master in heaven. And your master is going to assess how you treated people who were under you. And the measure of your treatment of them is really the measure of how Christ treated those and treats those who are under him. What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. The disciples didn't want to do it. And Jesus took the place of the lowest slave and he said, you call me master and Lord, and that's what I am. If I, your master and Lord, washed your feet, you should what? Wash one another's feet. I've given you an example that you should do as I have done. When we serve others, even when it's unexpected, when you're in a position of authority and you maybe deserve to be served or it's the right way of things, the right ethic is that you would be served, but you serve somebody else, man, all of a sudden, if you're a manager or owner, that gives you an opportunity to witness to other people. As we move from, we're moving from deeds to words, look at verse two. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. This is something we're gonna need to do if we're gonna be effective. Keeping alert, staying awake, in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. We've gotta be devoted to prayer. Quaker Thomas Kelly says this. There's a way of ordering our mental life in more than one level at once. On one level, we can be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs. But deep within, behind the scenes, at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, gentle receptiveness to divine breathings. What Thomas Kelly is saying is that there's a way to order your spiritual life where you could be meeting someone at work, but still on a deeper level be in prayer to God. 
You could be going, you know, doing a work project, making a presentation, and still on a deeper level saying, Lord, shine through me. There's a way to order your spiritual life in such a way where you can be in touch with heaven as you deal with people on earth, and that's how you're going to be most effective. That's why I think prayer is here. It might seem a little awkward at first, but prayer is here because the man or woman of prayer is bound to shine for Jesus Christ. Amen? So you, deep, you, uh, you dip your cup in deep. Uh, as Martin Lloyd-Jones says, prayer is a duty, but it is much more than a duty. It, it should be a delight. It should be the ultimate expression of the Christian life. You're meeting someone at work, and maybe you're saying, Lord, I pray for this person's soul. I pray for their family. I pray you'll give me an opportunity to reach them for Christ. I pray you'll use my smile, use my voice, use my attitude. Let me be about your kingdom business here at work. I'm not talking about reading your Bible during company hours. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of thing, but I'm just saying you being a Bible to others. Sometimes Christians get in trouble because they say, I'm being persecuted at work. I was reading my Bible on company time. I'm being persecuted. No, that's not persecution. You owe your employer the hours that he pays you for. Read your Bible at lunch, right? Find ways to win people around you. Praying at the same time, says Paul, for us as well, that God may open up to us a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been in prison. Paul said, please pray for me as well. I may be in chains, but the word of God cannot be chained. Look at verse four of chapter four. In order that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Sometimes I tell people, and I try to practice this myself, Lord, teach me what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and when to be quiet. Amen? Amen. Lord, take this instrument, this tongue that the book of James says, man, it can do great blessing, but it can do great harm. Wall it behind my teeth, O Lord, if I'm going to say something dumb. Put a guard over my mouth. Teach me what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and when to be quiet. Oh, Lord, I need to pray that more. Because that is the stuff that starts to make a difference in your witness to the world. And then finally, look at verses 5 and 6. It says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of opportunities, or the most of the opportunity. Uh, look back at Ephesians 5 with me for a second. Just the couple books back. Ephesians 5, look at verse 15. Ephesians 5, 15 says... Ephesians 5.15. It says, Therefore be careful how you walk, 5.15, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, 5.17 of Ephesians, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do you know what God's will for your life is? His will for your life is that as you are on this planet, whatever you do in word or deed, you do all in the name of Jesus Christ. You wake up in the morning and you say something like this, Lord Jesus, this day is yours. You gave it to me, I give it back to you. How do you want to use me today? 
Is there someone who needs the gospel that I'm gonna cross paths with today, Lord? If so, I wanna be your man. I wanna share the good news of the gospel. Show me the open doors that you have for me today. Start your day in prayer. Start your day putting on the full armor of God or something simple, I often pray just this. Lord, by faith, I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe me with the attributes that you want me to have today for this day. Just a very simple prayer. Conduct yourselves, back to Colossians and we'll finish it. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders. You got to be wise, making the most of every opportunity. Be wise. Many people today see Christianity as a racket because sometimes they turn on certain television stations, let's be candid, and they watch things and they sometimes get the idea that that's Christianity. Now you can turn on TV and see some good things. But sometimes you turn on so-called Christian television and you see some things that can be offensive. And sometimes you walk into some places and you can be offended as well when they take five different offerings on a Sunday morning. You've been listening to Words and Deeds, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 3.22 through 4.6. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. But please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. It's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. And you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings on the book of Job, Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, whenever we deal with a passage that mentions slavery in the Bible, people sometimes think the Bible is endorsing slavery. And it's not. But what the Bible is doing is acknowledging the conditions of the culture to which it is uh, being addressed. And the reality is that in the Roman world, where Paul you know, lived and ministered, about half of the Roman world was in some form of servitude. And so one way to think about this is employer-employee relationships. However, there were some definitely some differences and uh, I will say, you know, I need to say this, I think, every time that the Bible mentions something like slavery or a servant, is that the Bible is not endorsing the mistreatment of anybody, but the Bible is simply acknowledging a, co- a cultural reality of the time. And uh, certainly what happened he- here in America Uh, is a blight on our history with African-American slavery. But the beautiful thing about this country is that that has largely been overcome. And I know that this has been a big topic of conversation with critical race theory and talk about racism and BLM and all the other stuff that's been going on. But I will just say this. Whenever a culture has the heart of Christ— Slavery will be done away with, and it were it was Christians, remember, that moved in um, England and then the U.S. to be abolitionists and to abolish this. 
Let's remember how many people died on battlefields, the battlefields here in the United States of America. American blood shed that people could be free. And so while we could be critical about the past, how about we also celebrate what people did to make sure everyone can be free? And I pray that we'll be walking in that freedom in Jesus Christ as believers and spreading that good news of freedom and loving everyone that the Lord puts in our path, wherever they've come from, whoever they are, whatever you know, skin color they may have, it doesn't matter. We're all one in Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And that's what I pray that you'll be celebrating over this Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth, and we're excited that you're listening. Hey, we've come to the weekend, and I want to invite you to our Sunday services here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. I'm one of several pastors actually here. And uh, we're moving through the Bible right now, and we're about to start the Advent season. So if you're looking to get back to church, and you should be, we have two services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Now, you can get information and driving directions when you go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. Hey, I'd love to personally meet you as well. So come on out, and I know you'll enjoy the services, and uh, check out all the info at walkintruth.com. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, everything the Lord's given you, and we'll see you on Monday. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Colossians 3.22 through 4.6 called Words and Deeds. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.